That's the sealiest thing I've ever heard. Oh my gosh. Get Otter here. I don't know if I can take this. We have this well, this is awkward. <laughs> we are we are just bleeding. Oh the humanity. Welcome to We Should Know Better the Podcast where we hitchhike through Wikipedia. I'm Sky. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tim. Ah, and I we have man. Uh tonight's game, these guys are gonna be trying to get from the page for Persian carpet to the page <laughs> for Garfield. <laughs> um So we're yeah. we're being fancy okay. tonight is what you're saying. Yes, from Persian carpet. To Garfield, we're being cultural as well. Um, I and... don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Persian carpets are cool. Persian sure. rugs rule. Like they're very, they're very neat. I'm, I'm excited to talk to them, talk to you about them. Um, <laughs> also, talk Gar- to them. <laughs> Garfield, Garfield's awful, but but oh which man, takes us to our first segment where I had you guys come up with a three-panel Garfield comic. Uh, about rugs, yeah. um, and I would be grading you on the punchline that I felt was the most in line with a traditional, normal Garfield comic. Not necessarily the funniest. No. Not my favorite. Right. But the one that gets me closest to that feeling I have after I read a Garfield comic. <laughs> All right? Yeah, I'm so, on board. Whoever wants to go first, hit me with those... Hit me with your pitch. T- Tim, I would like to go last, please. <laughs> okay. You're, I just have to... I, you're just yeah. trying to savor as many as many good moments as you can. Before, before I do this thing, do yes. This. <laughs> so mine's rather simple. Uh, it is... Um, it's John uh, showing up to Garfield, and he's wearing a suit made out of a, of a rug. And he's like, hey, Garfield, how do I look for my date tonight? And Garfield says, did you make a suit out of a rug? And John says, I sure did. And the the last panel doesn't have any words. It's just Garfield staring at John. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Very good. I can picture that. The nice thing about Garfield is that he's what's his face is so John was it Jeff Davis Dump whatever his name is Jim Davis Jim, Jim Davis, I don't even yeah. care this guy's such a poser <laughs> um, he uses all the same like drawings like the same like po- poses it's almost like clip art in a way I can just picture yeah. exactly what each of those panels looks like anyway Kyle you have to go now I'm sorry there's yeah. no one else here. No, no. <laughs> There's no one else here. Well, I would like to direct you to the chat, I please. I figured you drew yours. Yep. Where, <laughs> oh, wow. Where I drew... This will not get you extra points, but I appreciate it very much. How dare you? I'm sorry. I can't... <laughs> I should have said that when, when you were doing it. But I <laughs> so I drew this comic, and I'm going to post it to Twitter while, we, while we're doing our race tonight, but... Um, in the, uh, I just, I, I feel like it's notable to the, uh, you know, this is old style Garfield, classic, 
Garfield, if you might, if you will. Yeah, I do like that. It's classic Garfield. Garfield classic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, uh, and John in the first panel is looking at Garfield and says, I know you don't like my sense of style. And then in the second panel, Garfield coughs up a little hairball, furball. And in the last panel, John is yelling, but did you eat the new rug? And Garfield, in his defense, thinks it looked like a Swiss roll. And that feels to me, I to, to make the case for it, aside from the fact that I actually spent time <laughs> drawing this, to make the case for it, it feels to me like a traditional Garfield comic because the punchline relies on you visualizing something entirely different and a little bit like... Uh, like two steps away from what probably actually would have been the case. Like, like you have to imagine Jim Davis looking at a thing and saying, Oh, this would be funny if a thing, if Garfield had done a thing and a thing, you know, like you have, you're like two steps removed from the joke. And then also, yes, the, the panels are almost exactly the same from panel, uh, panel to panel, you know, so you know how you and I are designing, trying to design this game about the iron chef. And we talked about, one thing that we want to make sure that's clear is that the two chefs are very good at what they do. And like, it's not, it's yeah. not that one food is bad. It's not like it's a fit and nailed it or, you know, <laughs> even, even, a <laughs> even, a you know, great British bake off. It's like, you know, just hair splitting hairs because both of them are like so good at what they're doing. <laughs> you two <laughs> just <laughs> giving me an great. impossible task. Oh, what have oh, I oh, done? I give myself this impossible task. Hold on. I would also, in additional, uh, as an additional thing for mine, uh, I would like to point out that I made mine uh, applicable for Garfield minus Garfield as well. It can be read. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it can be read as a Garfield minus Garfield. Oh my god! It would just be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, to, would, to 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 kind I mean, of all of them can my, though. My idea, my idea wouldn't work as a Garfield minus not? Garfield. Why not? Yours, because run your run your run me through yours again. Uh, it was <laughs> this might be this might be how I break this ties. Whichever one works better as a Garfield minus. It Garfield. was it was John John saying like you know how do I look for my date tonight? Yeah, and then Garfield asking, um, "Did you make a suit out of the rug?" And John says, I sure did. And then it's just staring at the end. So it doesn't work as well because... Are you, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like a significant number of good Garfield minus Garfields just end with John staring at nothing. Yes. I think I got to go with Tim because I think his is actually the better Garfield minus Garfield. That's what? fine. I understand. Well, t- looking at I Kyle, understand. it's like, I know you don't like the sense of style. And then he gets upset and then says, but did you eat the new rug? And he's not talking to anything. And it's just like, no, but, but John being like, how do you like my new sh- suit to nobody? And then going, I sure did. I sure did. And then just <laughs> he's like either looking at, is he happy or sad in the last one? It doesn't matter. Either he's way. Happy. He's happy. He's still happy. Yeah. Like yeah. that. That's, I gotta give it to Tim. I think that's the better. That one gets me better. I did not think wow. that would make sense. That's why. That's I mean, my favorite. My Garfield minus Garfield. 
<laughs> I I have to be honest. I I can't I can't say I'm not a little disappointed, but also I appreciate. I don't. The, I appreciate. I'm, I'm honestly good. surprised. I did not think I would get this. This is at the end, like after the Iron Chef, it's like when they're like, "Oh yeah, it's a good job. It's very good." Like it was so yeah, hard, yeah, you yeah. know, to pick. It's like a one point difference. Yeah. Yes. It comes down to like plating, plating, and that's really what uh, this came down to. Is like I wouldn't both both of you did an incredible job. You you nailed it. You know, sometimes I'm like, well, you know, Tim, I didn't ask you for that. You know, I asked you for this. You, you guys nailed. The feeling, the nostalgic feeling I have after reading a Garfield comic of just being like, it's more like, not like a, ha ha, you know, I, I'm enjoying going along with this. It's like a, what did I just read? What? It's, oh, I see. These different parts together are, are making this thing. Okay. It's yep. this feeling of emptiness is... There's an Slightly emptiness. comforting. Yeah. Yeah. There's an emptiness and it's like a a disconnect between the characters. Um just how it all does feel like clip art. It doesn't feel like anyone's putting any effort into it. I very nearly tried to do the same drawing in all three of them. Yeah. Uh but I but I thought I ended up going with like a little bit of escalation just so that there was so that there was something happening. I think like that like my own writing capabilities would not allow me to just do the same panels. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. No, that wouldn't have made sense. But the, these are very good. Ugh, Garfield sucks. Oh, man. All right. But you know what doesn't suck? It's Persian carpets. <laughs> they do not. That's right. Persian carpets rule. But this... Oh, this... This is a huge article. It's very long. Um, a Persian carpet or Persian rug also known as Iranian carpet, is a heavy textile made for a wide variety of utilitarian and symbolic purposes and produced in... Is it Iran or Iran? Uh, Forgive me for not knowing the pronunciation. Historically known as Persia. I I think it's Iran. Iran. Okay. Uh, Carpet weaving is an essential part of Persian culture and Iranian art. Within the group of oriental rugs produced by the countries on the rug belt... There's a rug belt. Yes. The Persian carpet stands out by the variety and elaborateness elaborateness of its manifold designs. Oh, that's real bad if you get a hole in one of those. Yeah. The the car's basically junked. Oh yeah. Dang. Um carpets woven in towns and regional <laughs> centers like Tabriz, Kerman, Mashhad, Kashan, Isfahan, Nain, and Kam. Once again, apologies if I mispronounce any of those. Yeah. They're characterized by their specific weaving techniques and use of high-quality materials, colors, and patterns. Man, there has to be a board game made after this by now. 100%. Uh, Let's see here. Art and craft of carpet weaving has gone through periods of decline during times of political unrest or under the influence of commercial demands. It particularly suffered from the introduction of synthetic dyes, during the second half of the 19th century. Uh, Carpet weaving still plays a major part in the economy of modern Iran. Modern production is characterized by the revival of traditional dyeing with natural dyes, the reintroduction of traditional tribal patterns, but also by the invention of modern and innovative designs woven in the century's-old technique. Cool. So it sounds like they're effectively 
maintaining the past while moving into the future. Yeah. And just taking it all in. And that's 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 the way to do art. So we're on the Patriot Project part. Um, let's talk about dyes, because that's interesting. Uh, traditional dyes used in Persian rugs are obtained from plants and insects. In 1856, the English chemist William Henry Perkin invented the first aniline dye, mauvine. I think I dated her once. A variety of other synthetic dyes were invented thereafter, cheap, readily prepared, and easy to use as they were compared to natural dyes. Their use is documented since the mid-1860s. Wow. According to... Let's see, your chemical analysis led to the identification <laughs> of natural dyes from antique wool samples. According to these... Hallie, <laughs> cheating. Maybe. Are you asking uh, a professional? Steven. <laughs> for input? Ooh. Uh, he actually told me that I'm cheating, Good. so... Yeah. He's calling me out. According to analysis of um, <laughs> old dyes, natural dyes used for carpet wool include red from matter roots, yellow from plants including onion, several chamomile species, and euphorbia. Oh. <laughs> A black oak apples, oak acorns, and tanner's sumac. Green by double dyeing with indigo and yellow dye. Oh. Orange by double dyeing with matter red and yellow dye. And blue indigo gained from indigo. In- Dugophora tinctoria. Yep, that's a plant Boy. from the bean family. Wonderful. I do like indigo. What a color. <laughs> Indigo's great. What a great rug color. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I got it, I got it. There is a whole subheading called <laughs> Techniques and Structures, the Process of Weaving a Rug. Mm-hmm. Looms, horizontal looms, vertical looms, tools, tools. knots. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, just go with, there's turns a gif out, of someone knitting an asymmetric knot. Yeah, turns out knots are real important Whoa. when you're weaving a rug. Mm-hmm. Steven, are knots important when you're weaving? He just made a face at me. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Uh, anything else? <laughs> there, there's so much. It's I'm still scrolling. He's make, he's still making. There's a some it town the carpets. There's a whole. There's a table here that explains like which different nomadic tribal groups use which knots. Like some do symmetric, some do asymmetric, some do both. That's amazing. Why is this? Oh my gosh! That really why is does this really cool. photo caption say weaving a carpet from a cartoon? So cartoons. What do they mean by cartoon? Cartoons are, uh, and I don't worry. I vetted this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Car- the cartoons are um a, like a template. Um, oh, okay. Oh yes. Oh, were you did, were you afraid that that Tim was going going to try? Oh to get yeah, to of cartoons course. Again? Well, I mean, that's what if if cartoon was linked here to get the Garfield. True. That would be yes, pretty, I pretty easy. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's you uh, think. It, they're they're called cartoons. I think they've been only used since like nineteen. 80s potentially um so it's pretty recent that they started to use these cartoons there there are so many links on this page yeah Uh and like half of them are dynasties not countries yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) do any of these do any of these dynasties uh, particularly like garfield I mean, he has 
been they they have done a thing about his nine lives of like cats over time cats through time i love in history they talk about the this peasary carpet maybe um okay it's just like the oldest carpet that they've found it's uh from 400 bc um and it was from the grave of a a scythian nobleman in the in the Pazarik valley in in siberia um it's a deep red cover color and has two animal friezes border proceeding in opposite directions accompanied by guard stripes um it's wild how good how like (laughs) in good condition it is um it just looks like a cool rug. Uh, I mean, they do good work. But then after that, yeah, it says, "Hold it, looks like holy cow, that does look stuff. awesome." Mm-hmm. Yeah. After that, it says there are early doc- documentary records of carpets being used by the ancient Greeks. So it's like here, of course, here's an old one in Siberia, dun. and then it's like, well, next is the Greeks. Literally on this called Persian rugs. Persian carpets, but we're gonna make it make it a point to mention yep. the Greeks. And it's like early history. Persian carpets were first mentioned around 400 BC by the great Greek author Xiophon. So, yep. <laughs> that's how, that's how I, I am. I I have my doubts that this is gonna get me closer, but I'm going to click on sheep. To per hey. uh, to proceed, nice sheep. Steven, oh no! What are you? He doing? picked the thing that you're. <laughs> Good. You know what? Good. <laughs> <laughs> he chose sheep. Tim chose before me, and he picked sheep. <laughs> oh, oh, I see how it is. I see. He just he just looked at me as like, well, this is what you get. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I see. I'm on my own here. First, my comic doesn't get picked. Now, (laughs) okay. Oh, geez. All right. Well, then I'm not sure where I'm going to go from there. Um, The other option that, honestly, that I'm considering, (laughs) weirdly, I think that maybe like another animal might be the only thing that I've got going there. Um, The other things on this page, as you mentioned, are... Basically all countries. Yep. And that's a little tough. Oh, wait. Hang on a second. Huh. There's some... There's some I've got... What do you got? This is a... I, this is a dumb choice. Hang on a second. What kind of... All right. All right. And the dying things. What options do I have? Onion. Oh, onion could be something. Onion could be something. You know what? Yeah, I'm clicking onion. Oh, I know what you're trying to do. I don't know what you're talking about. Good plan. I don't know myself. Love to eat onions at Garfield. Uh. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> All right, Tim. Oh. Oh. I see where he's trying to go. Uh-huh. Tricky. Tricky, tricky. You took my link. I know. Sheep. I mean, I didn't know at the time, but... I actually didn't know you were going to... That's amazing that you went to the same thing that Steven suggested. But I mean, in for your own for your, your own guess, you, you managed to pick the thing that 
that he he thought was going to get us the closest. So, yeah, I mean, I want I I, I want to know afterward if if it was for the same reasons. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> He he uh, made a noise. He made a he hummed a uh, a theme song. Oh yeah. Of. Okay. Yep. 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 That's the reason I went for it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Hey, sheep are quadrupedal ruminant mammals, typically kept as livestock. Hooray! Uh, an adult female <laughs> is referred to as a you. An intact an intact male as a ram. Occasionally a tup. A castrated male is called a weather, and a young oh, sheep is that. a lamb. Bah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Sheep continue to be important for wool and meat today, and are also occasionally raised for pelts as dairy animals. As dairy animals, I thought there was a I thought <laughs> there was a comma between animals, dairy and animals, animals, but it was just you know, a speck dairy, on the animal, screen. Mineral. I'm raising yeah. these sheep as animals mm-hmm. <laughs> for their animal you know for what? their animalness. I'm gonna let them. I'm gonna let them choose to be whatever you know mode of uh, existence they want to be. What you know. I want to know if we bred them to be these monstrosities or if this is just how they were. Oh, one hundred percent. We they did. just yes. very woolly and like defenseless. Absolutely, we did. Yes, yeah. we. This is our fault. Let's see here, the exact line of descent between domestic sheep and their wild ancestors is unclear. The most common hypothesis hypothesis states that uh, they're descended from the asiatic species of mouflon oh sheep what? were among the first animals to be domesticated by humankind although the domestication of dogs may have taken place more than twenty thousand years earlier whoa that's quite yeah. room for error that's, that's a lot of margin yeah this is the first except you maybe say, something did you say a lot of margarine Mar- that's a lot of margarine no i said margin for area error error <laughs> No, that, uh, you mean Aries. Uh, oh, yes, of course. Margarine for Aries. Margarine for Aries. It's the new oh. Blazeball chant. That's right. Um, domestication date is estimated to fall between 11,000 and 9,000 BC in Mesopotamia. <laughs> cool. Uh, sheep husbandry spread quickly in Europe. Just wanted you to know that. Okay, cool. Uh, domestic sheep are relatively small ruminants, usually with a crimped hair called wool, and often with horns forming a lateral spiral. Domestic sheep differ from their wild relatives and ancestors <laughs> in several respects. Yeah, like, just sticking around and letting humans do whatever they want to them. Yeah. I wonder if they make fun of, um, I wonder if they make fun of, uh, if, if sheep, like, if, whose horns don't go in a lateral spiral... Um, like if they make fun of them for that, like you, they, they, it's like the not being able to throw a football, but but for sheep, like if that's like you can't get the, the spiral right or something. Mm-hmm. I I don't understand. You're, just, you're not as aerodynamic. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Steven is still attempting to help me. That's all. Oh, I see. This isn't tag team. So sheep and goats are closely related. <laughs> They are. However, they are separate species, so hybrids rarely occur and are always infertile. A hybrid of a ewe and a buck, a male goat, is called a... What do you think it's called? You, you know what a, he's clicking, Steven? A cock. Exactly what you just... Sorry. Say that again? What, a hybrid what of you, a what? <laughs> what do you call a hybrid of a, a female sheep and a male goat? A show. 
<laughs> nope. That makes sense to me. It's called a sheep-goat hybrid. Oh, come on. Wow. It says, though, though both are known as Jeep. G-E-E-P. There we go. There we go. Good. That's what oh, I want. Oh, the sheep-goat That's chimera. what I want it to be, yeah. 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 <laughs> So, oh, there's a handsome, handsome photo of two Barbados black belly sheep. I I do posing. actually want to know, like, uh, of the three of us, you know, all of us are pretty well versed in jokes and, and puns and things like that. But, like, do we think that the you, you pun is, like, the most common, uh, like, animal pun there is out there? Like, because I feel... I feel like that's maybe the one that that gets reached for like one of the most often out of all of like animal puns. For puns, probably. Yeah. Like specifically. Yeah, I can't like think of any other ones that were more that that get you're, used constantly. You're a little horse, maybe. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yep, that's yep. good. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's pushing it. That that gets used a lot too. All right. So maybe it's a. Maybe it's a horse race. Hey Google, most <laughs> common horse pun. Nope, not horse pun. <laughs> We're going to Garfield, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, most common horse pun. Um, vocalizations. Fifty animal puns you can't live without. Uh, uh, see, uh, see, this is what I'm talking about. I didn't do it on porpoise. Yeah, this okay, is pandemonium. Oh wow! Your okay, pun I, is irrelevant. I did this to myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> An adventure. Alpaca, my bags. Wow! Oh, You're whoa. giraffing me crazy. Oh, that's such a stretch. I'm owl by myself. No, that's an actual pun that I just did. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Oh my gosh. Get Otter here. I don't know if I can take this we have to stop. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> we are we are just bleeding. Oh the humanity. Yeah, the People humanity. People are just stopping by droves. Well, hello there. Phones are getting thrown out of car windows. The, I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> the image you are requesting does not exist or is no longer available. Imager.com. <laughs> <laughs> you have cat to be kitten me right now. Let minnow oh. what you think. Uh, what? Turtley. Is this what I sound like? Is this what I sound like? <laughs> I'm afraid so, Kyle. Oh, no. Kyle, I'm sorry. This, this is... is an intervention. <laughs> I I have a lot of things to think about tonight. Here's another one that are 50 animal puns. Fifty? No. Stop. These are not. Oh, these are. These are. Uh, these are fun. Hey, do sheep make noises? They sure do. <laughs> What's a dog's favorite movie? Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Bone. What? That, um, I'm done. I don't I'm closing get, it. I don't get that one. That I mean, one, bone, sure, not, but like. Yeah. Uh. Did you know that rumbling sounds are made by the ram during courting? No. Somewhat similar rumbling sounds may be made by the U. So oh. there you go. So they so they talk. Go yeah. Ahead. A variety of bleats may be heard depending on sheep age and circumstances. 
I mean, I think that's what? common with just about everything that makes noise. A variety. Hold on. So let me let's parse that quick. A variety of bleats yep. can be heard depending on the sheep's age. What were the, what was the other thing? Age and age circumstances. And circumstances. So, <laughs> so a a young a lamb will not make the same noises as an old sheep. But in the same circumstance, and, would they? And though? a lamb on the ground will likely not make the same noise as a lamb flying through the air. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh is this like one of those boxes like one of those like cross boxes that you like yes yes or yes no or no and you know like i this is very that's a very weird way to say that just that mm-hmm. they make various noises is all you i mean i don't think you even had to say that i think most people would assume that a small <laughs> a small mm-hmm. sheep probably sounds different than a large sheep for instance or a very young one compared to a very old one. <laughs> uh, so guarding sheep, you can use donkeys to guard sheep. You can also use guard llamas. Oh yeah, oh, that's true. Guard llamas, cool. Oh, we we actually have a a place nearby that did that uh, that had guard cool. llamas. Yeah. Uh, it's very I'm gonna, cool. I'm gonna go down to cultural impact of sheep. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. They talk what? about counting sheep. They talk about black sheep. They talk about the Los Angeles Rams. Sure. Um, <laughs> okay. Wow. What a range. <laughs> yep. Sheep are key symbols and fables and nursery rhymes, like the wolf in sheep's clothing. Little Bo Peep. Ba Ba Black Sheep. Mary Had a Little Lamb. Novels such as Animal Farm and A Wild Sheep Chase. Songs such as Box Sheep May Safely Graze, Schaffe Conan Sigurdsson, and Pink Floyd's Sheep. <laughs> wow. And poems like William Blake's wow. The Lamb. <laughs> I think I'm going to... Is that the first play. time? <laughs> yeah. First time I'm William gonna... Blake and Pink Floyd have been the same sentence. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go out and... I'm going to go for Little Bo Peep. Nice. I, That's I really like this... They have a photo of Jesus, and it says the the caption is terrific. Jesus is depicted as the good shepherd, with the sheep being Christians. I it's mean, like yes, but it's just like let me explain this metaphor to you is very good. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you just got to put it all out there. All right, so you're going to Little Bo Peep. Yes. Okay. I'm a little concerned about where this is headed, but uh, I will continue. Time for onions. <clears throat> Love me. Time onion. for onions. Um, yeah, the onion, also known as the bulb onion or common onion, is a vegetable that is the most widely cultivated species of the genus alum. Its close relatives include garlic, scallion, shallots, leeks, chives, and the Chinese onion. Ooh. Um, so yeah, it, let's see. Uh, they talk about how it has uh, different versions all over the world, essentially. Um, there are, we don't really know what it came from originally, but it's, it's a really diverse, uh, plant, yeah. uh, all, all around the world. Um, it's got all different kinds of, uh, basically, I mean, yeah, the, the roots, uh, and are, are basically different everywhere. Um, let's see. The bulbs are composed of shortened, compressed underground stems 
surrounded by fleshy modified scale leaves that envelop a central bud at the tip of the stem. In the autumn, the foliage dies down and the outer layers of the bulb become dry and brittle. Yeah, so, so you, you take that, you, you, you cut it up, and you, you cry a lot, and it's great. Oh, no. Uh, the crop is prone to attack by a number of pests and diseases, particularly the onion fly, the onion eel worm, uh, and various fungi uh, ca- uh, cause rotting. I mean, just that they're so specialized. I like that these particular pests are so specialized that they only like onions. Hmm. Can you believe, I mean, how great would it be if you were known Their by the food that you, that you like? Oh, that I, you could probably smell them from miles away. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to be known by the food that you just really, really like. Yeah. I'm sure they actually have like other interesting like hobbies they do. But no, uh, they only eat onions. And so therefore, the onion fly. Uh, let's see. Uh, they're usually served cooked uh, as part of a prepared savory dish, which I wish was linked but also can be eaten raw or used to make pickles or chutneys, uh, which that's incredible, and I now would like those. Yeah. Uh, They are pungent when chopped and contain chemical substances that irritate the eyes. Um, Interestingly, I I, I do want to mention here, again, like we said, uh, we don't exactly know what the origin plant was, where it came from initially. Um, The... uh, the, but we, we don't know, but it was likely, uh, it was variously described having originated in Iran, uh, the West Western Indian subcontinent in Central Asia. Uh, I want to note that their earliest use, their earliest noted use here is in the Bronze Age in China. Yeah. So nice job, Onion Good job, <laughs> Onion Writers. For this page. Yeah. Uh, however, a sentence later we get to, or two sentences later we get to, you know, Pliny the Elder, so whatever. Uh, they everywhere. do mention everywhere <laughs> uh, and frequently wrong. Uh, the uh, They do mention uh, how Egypt revered the onion bulb, viewing its spherical shape and concentric rings as symbols of eternal life, which is awesome. Cool. Onions were used in Egyptian burials as evidenced by onion traces found in the eye sockets of Ramses. No wonder the mummies are so upset. Man, that's rough. Um, <laughs> that would be terrible. Mm. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, in the quote-unquote age of discovery, as it says, uh, sure, onions were... T- wow, actually, no. You know what? Wikipedia... No, I take that I take that well done back. Uh, uh, onions were taken to North America by the first European settlers only to discover the plant was already there. <laughs> nice. And no. in wide use by Native Americans. Good, Good job. That, great. That feels a little on the nose, but I guess well noted. Um, anyway, there's a whole bunch of kinds of onions. They're, they, they sound, or they're, they vary widely in like color and flavor and size and shape and things like that, which is pretty awesome, actually. Uh, you got your yellow or brown onion, red or purple onions, white onions, uh, you know, pearl and boiler onions, um, they refer to them as pickler onions. Um, like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of kinds. Now, here's the thing. I would like to find something. I was really hoping to get like a, oh, my gosh. Oh, that's terrifying. I, I think I have to share this image with you guys of the of a close-up of a red onion skin. Oh, yeah. Uh, the large size of onion cells makes them useful for microscopy. 
that, that these cells of the epidermis of a red onion are naturally pigmented. Yep. I definitely remember looking at these in like elementary school. It's like an anime. I actually, opening. weirdly, I kind of thought it was for a second. <laughs> um, very good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's see. Um, there are. Oh no! I didn't know this. Onions are toxic to oh, yeah. dogs, cats, guinea pigs, and other animals. I didn't realize that. Yep. Do not feed your pets um, onions. Wow. Uh, let's see. Uh, do we want to talk about the eye irritation thing? Um, freshly cut onions often cause a stinging sensation in the eyes of people nearby and often uncontrollable tears. That's not cited, but I think I feel like it should be uncontrollable. Tears. Uh, uncontrollable being the reason that I think it should be cited. Uh, this is this is caused by the release of a vo- volatile liquid. Sin uh, Prothaniol S oxide and its aerosol, which stimulates nerves in the eye. Uh, the gas is produced by a chain reaction of ner- uh, chain of reactions, which serves a def- as a defense mechanism. Okay, I understand that it's a thing that it's like the plant <clears throat> is trying to defend against this happening to other plants. But dude, it is too late for you if that if you're if it only happens after you're being cut up. So I I don't know. Um. All right, so let's see. Oh, uh, you can avoid it by, according to this, uh, and it's cited, uh, by cutting it under running water or submerged in a base of water. Please don't cut it under running water. Uh, that makes them slippery to hold on to and <laughs> is dangerous with a knife. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Um, Put them in a bucket of ice. A bucket of ice, you said? Okay, Stephen says a bucket of ice. I didn't I didn't know that. I, I believe you, yeah. You put, okay, put anyway. face in it? Put your uh, Sky is asking for clarification. Do you put your face in the bucket of ice? Steven says yes. Okay. Then no. Or you light a candle. Oh, lighting a candle? Yes, I've heard that works too. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway. Uh. That yeah. Uh, so I will actually. Uh, I'm thinking that <laughs> I was trying to find something that like is a, a, uh, like a savory food here. Because I, I there's a particular savory food that I'm trying to reach. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> the, um, the unfortunately none of them are mentioned here. Uh, they do say uh, this is so dumb. Uh, <laughs> uh, they have in here, yeah. Our chutneys are are in there, which I mean, yeah, savory French onion soup, savory. Uh, they have a Turkish sogan dolma, which I have no idea what it is, but now I'm kind of curious hmm. because it is a stuffed food, and I'm following our rule of not mousing over the thing to see what it is. Uh, however, they also have uh, they have like fish and chips, which not the way that I want to go with this. Uh, they have a plowman's lunch, which does actually have some stuff in it that sort of does oh, yeah. relate to the thing that I'm going for. That's charcuterie. <laughs> yes, it's charcuterie. But the classic, like, apparently there was an argument recently. <laughs> did you hear about this on Twitter? Yes, I did. Yeah. About whether charcuterie is, like, of the higher class or, like, the working man shouldn't eat it yeah. because it's a symbol of... That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah because it is a symbol of um, uh, of the bourgeoisie. Like, yep. Yeah, of being... Even though the entire concept is literally just like 
I'm laying out some food that I like. I already yep. own the food. I just cut it up real food pretty. that's like that's pickled and stuff, so cured, yeah. so that it lasts long because uh, we don't have a lot of food. Because we're real cheap and don't have a lot of, or real poor rather, and don't have a lot of food. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm clicking Plowman's lunch. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, this this looks so good. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Tim. Little Bo, Little Bo Peep, Peep is a song. Lost a sheep. <clears throat> English ner- language nursery rhyme. It has a Roud Folk Song Index number of 6487. Oh, yeah. Oh, we know about that. Yeah. Yep. If you ever want to punch that up <laughs> in the old library. <laughs> boom. And it's the lower the number, the the older it is. Right? Yep. Is that what it was? Or I more well-known so. it is. Something like mm-hmm. that. This one was first published in 1805. Wow, I I hate that we know a thing about. (laughs) I don't. I mean, I don't hate that we know a thing, but like, it's funny that everyone in the group is like, "Oh yeah, I remember that," (laughs) because we spent 20 minutes about learning about what was it, row, row, row your boat or something. Yep. (laughs) See, as with most products of oral tradition, there are many variations to the rhyme. The most common modern version is. Little Bo Peep has lost her sheep and doesn't know where to find them. Leave them alone and they'll come home, wagging or bringing their tails behind them, sometimes dragging their tails behind them. Just verbing their tails behind them. (laughs) And there are commonly four other stanzas. Um, And I'll just briefly uh, tell you what they're about. Uh, one little Bo Peep falls asleep, uh, thinks she hears her sheep, but it's okay. They're just there. They're gone. Uh, so she goes looking after them and she finds them, but oh no, they left their tails behind them. I don't know what that means quite, but, uh, they, she sees their tails, uh, Mm -hmm. hanging on a tree to dry and she gets them and she goes back to try to tack them back on. Hang on, I'm just I don't understand. What is Little Bo Peep really about? A short analysis of the Little Bo Peep nursery rhyme. Oh, no. Sorry, go on. Short. Uh, The earliest record of this rhyme is in a manuscript of around 1805, which contains only the first verse, which references the adult Bo Peep, called Little because she was short and not because she was underage. Wow. There are references to a children's game called Bo Peep from the 16th century. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> including one in Shakespeare's King Lear, for which Bo Peep is thought to refer to the children's game of Peekaboo. However, the phrase to play Bo Peep was in use from the 14th century to refer to the punishment of being stood in a pillory. Dang. Oh. For example, in 1364, an alewife, Alice Coston, was convicted of giving short measure, for which crime she had to, quote, play Bo Peep through a pillory, unquote. Giving short Bo-peep. measure? Uh, cheap oh. people is what it would be. Short, yeah, yeah short-selling people essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Not much else in this one. So I'm gonna click on Peekaboo. I can't wait. Uh, according to this breakdown by um, interestingliterature.com. Ooh, uh, this is bad. There's a possible game link which Little Bo Peep's name takes us to. Uh, the children's game Bo Peep. A game played with babies in which a handkerchief is thrown over the child's head. Oh. Don't you do that with birds? With an adult calling out boldly, Bo! 
than lifting up a corner or pulling it off together, uh, pulling it off to- all together and saying, peep! This idea of now you see it, now you don't, is certainly, that's the opposite. It's now you don't see it, now you do, is that mm. uh, certainly relevant to Little Bo Peep's Lost Sheep, making her perhaps one of the best examples of nominative determinism in all English nursery rhymes. Uh, Little Bo Peep was first, uh, first turns up in print in the 19th century, although the author of the rhyme, uh, who the author was and whether it existed in oral culture before that, nobody knows for sure. A bit of Bo Peep-related trivia. In the early years of his career, Henry Irving, later to become the first English actor to be knighted, played the part of the wolf in a pantomime production of Little Bo Peep at Edinburgh. So, something to think about. Hmm. I'm sorry, that's what that's what Google brought me. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, where, where are you now, though? <laughs> oh, uh, Plowman's Lunch. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we uh, a plowman's lunch is an English cold meal based around bread, cheese, and onions, uh, usually accompanied by butter and pickles. Um, the additional items such as ham, green green salad, green salad is that really what that says? Just it's mm, just, just that's just salad. salad. Uh, Hard boiled eggs and apple can be added. Not apples. Not an apple, and apple. Can be added. Okay. All right. I, <laughs> just, mm. just some some amount of apple can be added, as its name suggests. It is most commonly eaten. Eated? Eated? Kyle, what are you doing? Eaten at lunchtime, and is particularly associated with pubs and often with beer. <laughs> uh, beer, bread, and cheese have have been combined in the English diet since antiquity and been served together in inns for centuries. However, the specific term for a plowman's lunch is believed to date, oh, wow, uh, to date from the 1950s, when the Cheese Bureau, a marketing body, began promoting it in pubs as a way to increase the sales of cheese, which had recently ceased to be rationed. Oh. It's popular. This is the thing. Everything comes back to wars, marketing, or, or world, world fairs. It's popularly increased as the Milk Marketing Board pr- promoted the meal nationally throughout the 1960s. Wow, really? Great. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so uh, let's see. Um, bread and cheese formed the basis of the diet uh, for laborers for centuries. Uh, they included some uh, cheese uh, as, a, you know, a, as a main source of fat and protein. In the absence of access to expensive seasonings, onions were the favored condiment, as well as providing a valuable source of vitamin C. Um, wow. Holy cow. Okay. Uh, as late as the 1870s, farm workers in Devon were said to eat bread and hard cheese at 2D, I don't know what that is here, a pound, uh, with, with cider very washy and sour for their midday, midday meal. Uh, the the diet was associated with rural poverty. It also gained associations with more idealized images of rural life. Um, there was a Anthony Trollope in the Duke's Children has a character comment that a rural laborer who sits in the sits on the ditch side with his bread and cheese and an onion has more enjoyment out of it than any Lucullus. I mean, huge slam against the Colus there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really kind of, like, easy, cheap meal. Uh, I clicked on this because 
the the way that I know uh, Plowman's Lunch is through the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. And in that, they have to bake all of the things together into kind of a stacked food and uh, like a like a almost like a mincemeat pie or a um no mincemeat pie. That's kind of what I was looking for. It's not in here. Uh, that's not a thing here. So, whoops. Whoops. Uh, hmm. <clears> hmm. <throat> uh, there are other things in here that I can play with. Oh yeah. I yeah. I can think of a uh, big thing. Yeah, cheese? Is it cheese? I think Scott? it's cheese. <laughs> There's just. Oh, but here's the thing that I'm having trouble with, Sky. Is that all right? Yes, cheese is linked, but also just the word meal is linked, and I desperately want to know what just like the quintessential like what definition of meal oh, is to boy. to Wikipedia. You, you know you want to know it. I. You know you want to. I do. I'm clicking meal. Okay. I just wish one of you one of you was closer to that that little orange I'm, cat. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. Who knew he'd be so hard to find on the Wikipedia? <laughs> uh Peekaboo, also spelled peak dash a dash boo, is a form of play primarily played with an infant. Mm-hmm. Here's how to play. One player hides their face. <laughs> it's probably going to be you and not the infant. <laughs> they pop back into the view of the other and say peekaboo sometimes followed by i see you whoa there are many variations <laughs> for example where trees are involved what hiding behind that tree is what? sometimes added <laughs> why would you why does that need to be <laughs> specified i don't know. i like this other variation another variation involves saying where's the baby while the face is covered and there's the baby when uncovering the face. Wait, so do they also follow the line of throwing a handkerchief handkerchief on top of your child and then pulling it off of your child? Because that's I mean, still that's, weird. That's to one me. way to do it. However, you're gonna love this, Kyle. Oh boy. Peekaboo uses the fundamental structure of all good jokes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Surprise balanced with expectation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not wrong. That Peekaboo, also like good jokes, is thought by developmental psychologists to demonstrate an infant's inability to understand object permanence. <laughs> yep. Uh, psychologist oh, Jean, Jean Piaget conducted experiments with infants, which led him to conclude that his awareness was typically achieved at eight to nine months of a oh this awareness i'm sorry not his awareness <laughs> <laughs> i studied my uh, after after these experiments <laughs> with infants i have concluded that my awareness did not happen <laughs> for eight to nine months sorry i mean no, I, uh, I mean there are ways that you could was not yeah. <laughs> for several months oh it's very good uh, a lack of object permanence can lead to A, not B errors, where children reach for a thing at a place where it should not be. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, linguist Iris Nomiko has compared the game to a dialogue given the predictable back-and-forth pattern. Other researchers have called the game proto-conversation, <clears throat> a way to teach an infant the timing and the structure of social exchanges. 
I mean, this is how I have conversations with people all the time. You hide There's an article. You talk to them, you hide, and then you jump it, out and talk to them again, right? That's that's right, yeah. right? An article from the BBC is called Why All Babies Love Peekaboo. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I don't know, that's I think that's that's saying that's making a pretty Yeah, that's broad a, that's very assumptive. There. Yeah, I'm sure there's at least one baby out there that does not like is Peekaboo. not into um, it. Will not have not it. <laughs> a lot. Once more to link to on here. There's infant. There's developmental psychologists. <laughs> there's object permanence. Oh boy, Tim. So uh, what were you going for here? <laughs> I went with sheep. Originally. Yeah, no, no, I got that. I got that. And then I went with little Bo Peep. Right. And I was trying to get to like songs or pop culture or something through that oh i thought you and were trying oh okay nope it was just the dang old rhyme and pillories wow well, isn't it always yep always the with the rhyme and so pillories. now i'm just trying to get to like games or fun things oh my gosh and wikipedia like usual is being very stubborn about providing <laughs> links to fun things i think i'm just uh Cognitive development? No. Oh well, my gosh. I'm mm. going to go to cognitive mm. development. Tim, okay. they are then not, I can get to games. They are not going to have that line of the of Garfield comics where they where he was dead. That's not going to happen in there. Oh no, this is bad. Yeah, I was going to say this is Wikipedia. Yeah. If something, if it's like, yeah, this might not be dry. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be, be dry. dry. Yeah, just the driest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. The more we do this show, the more that I am convinced that at least a large subsection of Wikipedia editors do not understand fun. <laughs> that's I think <laughs> I think that's it, right? Is it am I <laughs> That might be it. Anyway. Let's talk about meals. meals, you guys. All right. So, Tim, if you had to define in like fifteen words what a meal is, what what is a meal? A thing you eat. Oh, no, let, me, uh, let me start uh, over. Yeah. <laughs> Several things you eat in one sitting. You're not. That's you, seven words for you. There you go. You're not far off. According to this, I, I love this phrase. <laughs> a meal is an eating occasion that takes place at a certain time and includes prepared food. Guys, <laughs> how often. Do we just sit down and actually have an eating occasion? Hey, like <laughs> a certain time? I don't know, man. I don't see a certain time needing mm-hmm. to be a determining factor. Like I get how, or even that it, in no. general, yes, yes. But like, if you sit down, eat a bunch of food, like that's a meal. Or it, I, or that it needs to be prepared specifically. Like you can just get food out and have a meal. A sandwich. Making a sandwich is not necessarily. Well, you're preparing. Pre- uh, I, okay, I guess by by. You can go out uh, and grab an apple. Okay. okay, Steven just made a face at me. Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad Steven is on the up and up tonight. Not letting you cheat. Oh my god! Not letting you get away with making a sandwich and preparing food. Uh, I I am on board with you wholly in the that it has to be like a certain time. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that makes no sense. Uh, It says here the names used for specific meals in English vary depending on the speaker's culture. You think also the time of day. (laughs) 
or the size of the meal. Uh-huh. So, all right. So the oh first two gosh. of those I, I buy. Yeah. But what makes a what makes the size of the meal make make a difference? Uh, I guess. If, hmm. But if it's not, if it's prepared food you brunch, and you're eating it at that time, brunch smaller but that's than still, breakfast. No, I don't think so. Steven, is brunch you, Oh, he's put his headphones in. Okay. If you can't believe dinner. you ate the whole thing, it was definitely a meal. Is brunch bigger than breakfast? Brunch is brunch larger than breakfast. <laughs> he says yes because it is two things. That's fair. All right. Yeah, but that's, is that size? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a weird line to draw there. A, fe- a feast a feast is a type of meal, I guess. That uh, but that's an event, size? isn't it? Like It's an eating occasion. Oh my gosh. What isn't an eating occasion though? Really? Oh, right. Since, since working from home, nothing. Nothing is not. <laughs> yeah. I eat all throughout the day. Yeah. Stress eating. Uh, okay. Um, regular meals occur on a daily basis, typically several times a day, according to this. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I missed the best line in this on this page. Meals occur primarily at homes, restaurants, and cafeterias, but may occur anywhere. No joke. I was like, I was very surprised when you skipped over that line. I'm like, yeah. Kyle's going to have something to say about this. <laughs> well, mm. one, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, that I'm keeping, you know, keeping up mm. to your standards, too. I I just like that there's just at any point in your day you you don't know you don't know a meal could happen just you could not be re- you have to be ready for a meal at any point in any time in your day they can they can occur anywhere sky it's dangerous uh special meals are usually held in conjunctions with such occasions as birthdays weddings anniversaries and holidays wow uh real glad they skipped over one of those there uh a meal is different from a snack in that meals are generally larger, more varied, and more filling than snacks. So that is how the very pedantic person who wrote this page uh, defines a snack versus a meal, because that was going to be one of my questions. Anyway, uh, meals happen usually like three points of the day. There are different names for it, depending on where you're from, because stuff, you know. Uh there's a lot of stuff in here. Uh, of course, they have the uh, somehow actually out of all of the things, um, out of the three you know main meals a day: breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The one that has the most variation here is breakfast. Does that make sense to you guys, or is it just me? Like that has the most variation. Like there are yeah. the most types. Yeah, like, there's just culturally standard breakfast. breakfast means a lot of different things in different cultures. Yeah. Whereas, like, the other meals so are they just... kind of the same. Oh, I see. Yo, I saw oh, okay. freaking craft out here trying to market uh, mac and cheese as a breakfast meal. At how? By yeah. by tweeting out, have you tried, or it might even said considered, have you considered <laughs> mac and cheese for breakfast, question mark? No. And it showed, it. It showed a bowl of mac and cheese and some milk, like... You could eat Honest this question. for breakfast. It's 2020. Oh what else could go wrong? <laughs> like, it was, no one's going to know. No one's going to you know. Do. <laughs> you don't have any money. You can eat it for breakfast. Yeah. Ugh. Um. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm not clicking that today. Isn't it about uh, time? <laughs> yep. Isn't have you it tried? About time? Have you tried having oh. mac craft mac and cheese for breakfast? Hey, have you decided to just put bread or cheese on bread for breakfast? Because oh, wait, wait, wait. That's good. Is this special? It says craft mac and cheese now for breakfast, and then on the box it says macaroni and cheese breakfast. Oh is my this gosh, I can't. a specific? I think no. I think I think they photoshopped that. Yeah, I can't because it usually says macaroni and cheese dinner there. Yeah. Oh sure. And it looks like they photoshopped uh, "Saved by the Bell" shapes on the bowl as well. Yeah, <laughs> like this whole this whole thing is photoshopped. Yeah, it's very oh, strange. Nothing here is real. Nope. Uh, well, welcome to 2020. Um, all right. So it. out of the, the the breakfast, the there's the standard breakfast, the full breakfast, the instant breakfast. Tim, what's the last one? Quick. Uh, you already did the instant breakfast. Yeah. Um. The uh, breakfast that never comes. Uh, it is. No. <laughs> no. Wow. The always waiting breakfast. Yeah. The breakfast that will never be. Um, no, it is the champagne breakfast. Hell yeah. What? According to this, a champagne breakfast is a breakfast served with champagne or sparkling wine. This is cited. I want to, I want to be very clear that this is cited. It is a new concept in some countries and is not, not typical, typical of, of the role of a, of a breakfast. breakfast. It may be part of any day or outing considered particularly luxurious or indulgent. <laughs> the accompanying breakfast is sometimes, not always, and not even typically, but sometimes of a similarly high standard and includes rich foods such as salmon, caviar, chocolate or pastries, so donuts, which would not ordinarily be eaten at breakfast. What? <laughs> oh, man. And Get ready for the last sentence in this. It's great. Instead of a formal meal, the breakfast can be given. To, what? Instead of formal meal, the breakfast can be given to the recipient in a basket or hamper. Here's your, here's <laughs> your indulgent champagne breakfast in a hamper. In a hamper. Oh. Uh, Sounds uh, like we're making great choices with our lives. So I just want to touch on this real quick before I move on. Um, for variations of lunch, there are only two. Uh, one is just the standard lunch, a packed lunch. Uh, and the other is, uh, I'm not kidding, this is what they call it on Wikipedia, and it's cited, <laughs> the, meal, the meal deal. It says, another variation of lunch is the meal deal, a meal often bought from a store and containing the following, a sandwich or pastry... A bag of crisps, salad or fruit, and a bottled drink. That's what we got. Oh, yeah, this is definitely okay. a uh, UK thing. But like that's that's but they're they're saying that that's not the same as a packed lunch. Not like right. I suppose it's not in that you're buying it, but like the things are the same. The Do variations got... of lunch are just how you get it, not yeah. what it is. So that just makes it, yeah. <clears throat> And then the variations of dinner are, is it just, a like, is it tea or is it a full course dinner? That's it. Those are the variations. Yep. Oh, well, cool. I don't care about any of this right now because the only thing that I actually, the only thing that I'm actually clicking here, and I, I have to find it again because the phrasing is so strange. Hang on a second. Oh, I know it's on here. 
Oh my gosh, did I lose it? Uh, there was a phrase in here for like meal structure or the Italian meal structure. And I cannot find it right now. Italian meal oh, no. structure. Yeah, it's here. Where is Thunderful it? Wonderful course dinner. Ah, uh, thank you. Up <clears throat> oh, there it is. Yeah, the Italian meal structure. Okay. Uh, in the Italian meal structure, there are traditionally four formal courses, uh, which I'll read about on the next page. I'm, not <laughs> I'm clicking the Italian meal structure. Great. Also. Oh, I'm going to what you're trying to get to with that. I wonder. <clears throat> uh, Cognitive development is such a dry page, my friends. It's so dry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it? so dry, it's got me coughing. Wow. Uh, so I'll just go, uh, I'll start here with birth to one month. Oh, boy. Uh, and I'm just going to go from birth to four months, essentially, here, because I think this is an interesting spot, and the way they describe it is interesting. Uh, Each child is born with inherited reflexes that they use to gain knowledge and understanding about their environment. Examples of these reflexes include grasping and sucking. So you got those two things. Keep those in mind. Seems easy enough. Grasp things, put them in their mouths. Boom. Got it. One to four months. Children repeat behaviors that happen unexpectedly because of their reflexes. For example, a child's finger comes in contact with the mouth and the child starts sucking on it. If the sensation is pleasurable to the child, then the child will attempt to recreate the behavior. Infants use their initial reflexes, grasping and sucking, to explore their environment and create schemes. Whoa, schemes wait, are groups. They're scheming. <laughs> okay. Schemes are groups of similar actions or thoughts that are used repeatedly in response to the environment. Once a child begins to create schemes, they use accommodation and assimilation to become progressively adapted to the world. Assimilation is when a child responds to a new event in a way that is consistent with an existing schema. For example, an infant may assimilate a new teddy bear into their putting things in their mouth scheme and use their reflexes reflexes to make the teddy bear go into their mouth. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Don't eat the teddy bear! We're not done. Accommodation is when a child either modifies an existing scheme or forms an entirely new schema to deal with a new object or event. For example, an infant may have to open his or her mouth wider than usual to accommodate the teddy bear's paw. (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. So just thinking like, okay, so far, so far, everything I've put in my mouth has been great. I got this thing now, got this new thing. First, we're going to try that. Got to put that in them. Oh, no. It's not It's not working. Not enough. Got to switch this up. What do we, can we do? <laughs> oh, what if I open my mouth wider? Wider. Oh, there we go. We <laughs> learned something today. Oh, my gosh. I just thought, I actually thought you were going to, like, lean into this child just devouring the entire teddy bear. It almost sounds like they're going for that. Oh, actually. good. <laughs> good. Just That's put weird. the teddy bear in the mouth. <laughs> you know. As as you yeah, do, please. Uh, jeez. Uh, there's <laughs> the links on here are Sky, dry as. Sky, heck. what did Sky? What did you do when Griffin ate his first teddy bear? Uh, I probably cried with joy. I don't know. <laughs> he has new stuff okay. all the time. It's great. <laughs> I am desperate. I am going to click on nature versus nurture. What is happening? That is, what is happening? That is one of the most. It is so. 
It is so bad. Oh my god! So what happened? Oh, okay. Tim, you can go back. You, you you know, like you can go back on pages. I can't. I can't see the pages anymore. They don't exist. That's not how this works. My object permanence. Oh my gosh. Okay. Italian meal structure is typical of the Mediterranean region and differs from meal structure in Northern Europe, Northwestern Europe, Germanic and Slavic Europe, even though it consists still of breakfast, lunch, and supper. So. Sure. Throwing up my hands here. Sure. Whatever. It's different, but the same. Anyway. Yeah. Totally different. Well, (laughs) typically uh, going through the different meals that they have in here, I, the only thing I can point out as okay italian breakfast consists of uh cafe latte with coffee and bread or rolls butter and jam sounds great uh cookie cookie like rusk hard bread called uh fete this oh biscotti biscotti biscottate or something like that sure something similar uh and cookies are commonly eaten uh children drink cafe d'orzo uh hot chocolate uh plain milk or hot milk with little coffee if breakfast is eaten in a bar or a coffee shop, it says, it's composed of cappuccino and cornetto or espresso and, and pastry. Um, sounds so good. I'm right going to skip. It really does. I'm going to skip down a little bit. You know what else sounds um, great? Maybe. The, I don't know right. if you're skipping past this. This insalata caprici. This, oh, yes. This, it's basically a Neapolitan pizza without the pizza. <laughs> yeah, just, you just take the pizza out. Oh, it's yeah. just tomatoes. Big Have slabs of mozzarella it? and basil yeah. leaves. And it's just like they eat this on the, during the hot summer. And it's like, yeah. Sky, have you never had a caprese salad? No. It's amazing. I've oh, never my had. gosh. You guys need to make a caprese salad. You would very much like it. Sounds yes. great. Yeah, it's literally you just take a pizza and remove the dough, essentially. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. And you don't bake it, obviously. Um, it's It's very good. Uh, no, I was going to mention that uh, they notice or they they note that um, uh, in some regions, such as Tuscany and Umbria, uh, in the past, people used to drink red wine for breakfast, into which they would dip their biscuits. Which I can't think of a better way to start your day. No, Con- I mean honestly. Um, so why not? Really? <laughs> um, oh, jeez. Okay, uh, my. Do-do-do. Uh, the page moved on me. Okay, here we go. Uh, so they talk about the formal meal structure. I did not know there were so many formal parts to an Italian meal structure as far as like dinner. Uh, but there's the aperitivo. <laughs> yeah. What? Aperitivo. You'll get to the, it. Okay. Uh, the antipasto. The primo. Uh, secondi. Uh, Contorno? Contorno. <laughs> oh, the side dish. Got it. Yep. Insalata, uh, formaggia frutta, uh, so fruit. Yeah, L and cheese, cheese. right? Of yep. course. Dol- dolce, uh, desserts, uh, cafe, <laughs> cafe, coffee, and dis- di- digestivo. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's the after the after uh, dinner wine. Yeah. Sorry. What 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 am I supposed to get to, Sky? Oh, the secondy. <laughs> Secondy. It just looks like oh, yeah. secondy. So it's like we had one we had one course. Yeah. Now we're gonna have another one. And it's gonna have Guys. turkey and sausage and pork and steak and stew and beef. <laughs> Salted mm. cod and yeah. stockfish and salmon and lobster. At on first glance it makes you think that it's like one of those avant garde uh restaurants that you've been to where they say dumb things for the for like the 
the different meal courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the worst one you guys have ever seen? Uh, because I can tell there's one, there's a, there's a restaurant near us that does on their menu to break down like the appetizers, the main dishes, or, or uh, I'm sorry, appetizers, sides and entrees and things like that. Uh, they say, uh, like instead of appetizers, it says like firsts. And then after it's like, and then dot, dot, dot. And then after that and so on. And then the desserts are like, and so forth. Oh wow, that's pretty bad. Um, yeah. I can't think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> I feel like there's one that did like different, different meats. Oh, of course. And it was like you know, I think it was like moo cluck. You know, like <laughs> that's good. Though. Things like that. I can't. Th- yeah. Yeah. Tim, yes. Did you have do you do you have bad menu memories or any? Am I the only one that's ever noticed that like, we we go every time we go out to a restaurant? I mean, not every not not this year we haven't, uh, but uh, like we do notice these things and there, we always like note how ridiculous some of the menus are. It's it's great. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't look at menus that much. <laughs> wow! Whoa. What do you, Tim, do you just order off menu all the time? I mean, I, I go to so many places over and over again that I like I've seen their oh, menu I once. See. Yeah. Like you never know two years ago, but I yeah. know what I want when I go there. <laughs> I can respect that. That's good. Okay. Uh nothing else on this page is important. I'm clicking on lasagna. Lasagna. Yeah. Oh God, please say it's there. It does. It is. Okay, good. Oh, thank goodness. All right, nature versus nurture. Uh, This is the debate that involves whether human behavior is determined by the environment, either prenatal or during a person's life, or by a person's genes. By the fans. The alliterative (laughs) expression nature and nurture. Wow. Thank you, In English, has been in use since at least the Elizabethan period (laughs) and goes back to medieval French. Oh, at least it's not Rome. Yeah. Uh, Sky, would that have been classified as uh, humoring me? There, would that be classified <laughs> as either nature or nurture? Uh, is it in your is it in your nature to enable me, or is it, or are you nurturing, nurturing you? Bad, bad. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's we'll find soon. It's always a little bit of both. <laughs> so you know. <clears throat> 1990s man there's still there's still 90s yeah there's still so long ago 90s uh they would do studies with twins which is ask them if they want ice cream cone risky both both say yes thank you at the same time but how they say yes is what that is why (laughs) they count (laughs) yeah Uh. there was a uh a Minnesota study of twins. Okay. Really? But but aren't the Minnesota twins also like a baseball team? Sure. Well, the Minnesota uh, Twin Cities. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Oh, that's why yeah. I was surprised that they. That's why I laughed they went at the. To Minnesota. Oh, really? They They're went to the Minnesota. scientists just like. Well, I guess if we need twins, we go to Minnesota, right? That's not how that works, that's, scientists. That's where all the twins are. No, that's, where that's all not the twins how that. Be. 
No, that's absolutely not. You know how, how that, that worked was what we can't get anybody to fund our twin research <laughs> how do oh i know we can make it into a marketing oh. thing let's make it funny mm-hmm. that's probably true actually so uh i mean i know i know i've, I've lost which is fine you have but to <laughs> on this nature versus nurture page if I still had to click to something that I think could get me any closer to Garfield, sure, it would have to be God. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm sorry. What? They both start with G. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They both uh, hey, have hey had great impacts on the flow of history. Yeah. I bet God likes lasagna. Oh, I, I assume. And probably, I don't know if he probably hates naps. I don't know. I mean, he, well... Oh, well, know. he rested on the seventh day, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let me just do a quick search for Garfield on the God page. Okay. No, it's not here. Wow, Damn. that's a big miss. <laughs> that's a big miss on their part. It's time to update a page. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be your second contribution to, to Wikipedia, Tim. Um, yes. <laughs> I just want to read this first sentence, which is... One of my favorite things that I've read about here, lasagna, singular lasagna, uh, are a type of wide, flat pasta, possibly one of the oldest types of pasta. How would you, how do you even, how, how do you do that? How do you determine which pasta came first? At what point do we go, hey, we made this flour into a flat noodle but then we came up with so many different kinds of ways to make this flat noodle. Did it all happen at once? Or was it just like, no, I prefer eating slices of this flat noodle. Actually, I think you should roll it up. Actually, like, is that what happened? Lasagna Rito. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm still trying to understand lasagna N-E and lasagna N-A. <laughs> uh, it's the it like the singular plural thing that I don't believe I'm going to be able to ever really say correctly because lasagna, uh, lasagna, lasagna, variations, uh, lasagna. Great, good. That's helpful. <laughs> uh, so again, origin and history. Uh, lasagna originated in Italy during the Middle Ages and traditionally has been described to the city of Naples. Great. Uh, that's interesting and really good. Except, uh, let's go down to the etymology. I wonder what's... Oh, look, in ancient Rome, there was a dish similar to a traditional lasagna. It's not lasagna. It's not lasagna. But it's important enough for them to mention that it's a Roman version of a thing that's similar to a traditional lasagna. Not not lasagna. Called lasana or lasana. That's it. That's the whole thing. The, the the theory the first theory is that lasagna comes from Greek for a flat sheet of pasta dough cut into strips. That that's the whole thing. Wow. Anyway, they felt they really needed to mention that. Uh, another interesting thing here that I do want to mention uh, is that the an important difference in early lasagna to more modern lasagna is the lack of tomatoes, which didn't arrive in Europe until after Columbus reached America in 1492. So before that, lasagna, 
no tomatoes. Wow. So it was a, that was a much different thing. Yeah. Uh, with ragus different. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the earliest discussion. Of, wow. Yeah. The earliest discussion of the tomato in European literature appeared in an herbal, an herb, an herb. Wait, what? Is that like a? Well, it's a book. Whoa. Wait, what? Okay. Hold on. The earliest discussion of the tomato in lit- European literature appeared in an herbal written in 1544 by Pietro Andrea Mattioli. Apparently, an herbal is a name of a book that describes plants. Oh. You can just call them herbals. That's adorable. Makes sense. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. It's a nice herbal. You just write a book about plants and you just call it plants? That's just what you do. Very good. Anyway, um, in popular culture, the only note under popular culture, there's nothing else, and this is the only sentence. <clears throat> the comic strip Garfield's titular cat, cat character enjoys the consumption of lasagna. That's cited to Garfield.com. Love it. Uh, Gar- Garfield's linked, and I'm clicking it. Cool. Yay. Garfield, not Garfield the character. Yeah. Tim, do you want to talk about anything? Uh, God is not Garfield. Cool. All right. Uh, uh, we just talk about <laughs> Garfield then? I mean, we can. Sure. Uh. Listen, guys, I have to come clean on one thing about Garfield, and I don't know that I've told either of you this uh, oh, because no. I I met both of you guys way after this. Well, they had life. 141 episodes, and then that's when things just... <laughs> they stopped after that, and we don't know why. <laughs> when I was a kid uh, in fourth grade, uh, for I mean, for whatever reason, I, I always did a bunch of art like as, as a little kid. Uh-huh. Um, and for whatever reason, I got into drawing Garfield for like uh, like two years. It was all it oh, was like wow. the thing that I did, yeah. And mm. when I was in my grade school, I actually, uh, you know, those like um, <laughs> those like books are fun and learning, you know, like those posters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I drew several of them with Garfield doing different things like about reading and about books and things like that, that my teachers actually hung up around their, around their like, uh, classrooms. Oh, wow. And it, it was like a thing that I did. And I remember this with such clarity. I was like, Hey, I could be a cartoonist when I grow up. I wonder if that's a thing that, that could be easy to do. Yep. And then and Jim Davis didn't come after you. Uh, no. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> I know he is famously litigious, but no, uh, not in this case. Uh, they did not crush a fourth grader uh, under the weight of Paws Inc. Um, Paws no, I, I made like I, I easily. I'm not even kidding about this. Easily a dozen of these posters. Wow, uh, that were just around. Mm. And okay, Stephen's making a face at me again. Uh, <laughs> the but like I'm sure I'm sure my folks have some of them, but like. For I, I part of the reason that I wanted to, to do that to actually draw that comic strip today was to see if I still remembered how to draw Garfield. So, yeah, that, yeah, you had that old style Garfield down. I I actually well I I at least when I you know when I was drawing as a kid it was modern Garfield but right. like I yeah for the, I I was like can I still do this and apparently yes I guess congrats 
Thank you. I think We've all I'm got not sure if it's a childhood. <laughs> the thing is, I didn't. I have not thought about that in easily 20 years. And when you suggested to draw, uh, to make, to, to write a Garfield strip, I'm like, oh. I like had a moment. I was like, <laughs> wait, I did this. I did this. Hold on. Hold on. This is part of my flashback. I yeah. had to sit down for a second. <laughs> Anyway, Garfield, you guys, is an American comic strip created by Jim Davis, originally published as John in 1976, and then nationwide in syndication in 1978 as Garfield. They quickly, quickly understood who the star of that comic strip is. Uh, It chronicles the life of the title character, Garfield the Cat, John Arbuckle, the human owner, and Odie, the dog. Uh, as of 2013, it was syndicated to roughly 2,580 newspapers and journals and held the Guinness... Why is there a Guinness World Record for this? A Guinness World Record for being the world's most li- widely syndicated comic strip. Oh, yeah. Why would you be... A- Probably because Garfield asked for it. Probably because Yeah, Jim it Davis. has to be, right? Mm. Like, you only get that by being on the top, so, like, why would... Mm. Anyway... I don't know, man. Uh, though, it's re- though it's rarely mentioned in print, Garfield is set in Jim Davis's hometown of Muncie, Indiana. I didn't know that. Oh. A- according to the television special, Happy Birthday, Garfield. Wow. Yeah, does it ever actually play into the strip at all? Like, I don't believe so. Yeah. Although, I mean, like, it's a similar thing with Calvin and Hobbes, where he uh, literally lived in Ohio, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but it never gets mentioned, really. No. It's just like, oh, there's a lot of woods. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, Garfield has spawned merchandising. It's phrasing. Uh, earning $750 million to $1 billion annually. What? Wow. Oh, hold on a second. I missed this. He was originally created with the intentions to come up with a good marketable character, character unquote. That's cited. Oh, that's... Mm. Why does that make it hurt more? <laughs> it's been that wa- they're good. Yeah, that their whole idea was just like, I want to make something that can be sold. Yep. Oh, it's wow. gross. It's such like a. So, I was actually like coming, trying to come up with like where I wanted to go. Um, and I first was like, we haven't done Calvin and Hobbes. That might be fun. Go to Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. I'm like, ah, but. I don't know. I kind of want to save that. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, Garfield's also a comic strip. How hard is it to get Garfield? Um, and so it, it it's such a, but those are like also so different. Like the mentalities of the different artists and like yeah. creators is like so different. Oh yeah. They, they could not be farther apart. Yeah. Like Bill Watterson didn't want to serialize or like, you know, he didn't want to license, or license, license anything. Like, yeah. yeah. So, whereas Garfield is basically that. Like, it's it's absolutely that. Yeah. Um, there's a part in where it talks about Garfield here, the character. It has been wondered by many readers if Garfield can actually be understood by the human characters around him. Sometimes <laughs> it seems like John can hear him. However, it is mentioned in more than one strip that John cannot understand Garfield. That's cited. <laughs> However, in the future film, Garfield gets real in its sequels. Garfield and other animals, save uh, for Odie, are able mm-hmm. to talk to and be understood by John and the other humans. Uh, 
in the April 1st, 1997 strip drawn by the artist Sir Blondie as part of the comic strip switcheroo, Garfield still with thought balloons can be understood by John. Wow. Hmm. Yep. I, wow. I mean, why does that feel worse than like Calvin Hobbes of like, you know, it, the whole question of whether or not people can understand or notice that Hobbes is a real tiger and, and the way that, you know, uh, Watterson was always like, oh yeah, it's just, he's real to Calvin. That's real enough. That doesn't matter. You know, who cares otherwise? Yeah. Well, the question there is the question there, whether or not it's like magical that he becomes alive when nobody else is around or if it's just that it's his imagination and like, that does feel like a better question than can this cat be understood? (laughs) (laughs) Can, can the cat be understood though? Can the cat be understood? I think I, so. I thought Garfield's pretty easy to understand. Hates Mondays. <laughs> loves eating lasagna. Loves napping. Uh, yeah. Is annoyed by, um, you know, the white guy he lives with. Yep. Oh man. Um, yeah. So there's not. There's a section I mean, here. Go ahead. No, I was about to say like I'm now as I'm looking back on this now like I. I'm realizing just how much like, yeah, because it was such a good and marketable thing. I was, I, I really did like connect with it as a kid because of it. Yeah. Oh, I used to love, love Garfield. I got like all the old sure. books from like, yeah, same, the, the scholastic. Used, well, no, like yeah. the used like books. Oh, sure. Store. Yeah. Uh, like all the old, old ones. Um, there's a great photo here of two, <laughs> of two panels and at first I thought it was supposed to be a comic. And I was like, what is happening? Because <laughs> the first one just it's says, come on, kitty, sing your song. And the next one is is Garfield saying, I confess. But, I confess. But it's yeah. it's just saying, like, it's two comics or two panels from different times saying that Garfield changed over time to be more humanoid and big-eyed. You know, what children yep. love. <laughs> humanoid with big eyes. I used, I used to watch that cartoon a lot, too. <laughs> It was pretty good, if I remember right. Yeah. Tim, I thought you were actually trying to get to U.S. Acres. I was. Okay, good. Uh, And it didn't work. It didn't work. I'm sorry. I think I remember Um, liking the U.S. Acres part. Wikipedia never knows the most important stuff to mention about sheep. Yeah. (laughs) Is that there were two of them on U.S. Acres. Did you guys catch that there was a stage production? No, miss that. Yeah. Uh Joseph Papp, producer of a chorus lane. Uh a chorus line, sorry. Discussed yeah, discussed making a Garfield stage musical, but due to com- some complications, gee, I wonder what kind of complications, it never got yeah. off ground. A full-length stage mu- musical titled Garfield Live was planned to kick off its U- or planned was planned to kick off its US tour in September 2010, but got moved to January uh 18, 2011 where it premiered in Muncie, Indiana. The book was written oh by gosh. Jim Davis with music of and lyrics by Michael Danziker and Bill Mead, and it was booked by AWA Touring Services. The opening song, Catitude, can be heard on the National Tours oh. website, along with well. two more, On the Fence and Going Home. When the North American tour concluded in 2012, it toured throughout Asia. All right, Catitude, the Garfield Stuff store. 
Um, Garfield the Musical with Catitude live on stage at the at the Coterie. All right, let's let's click this. Oh my. Mm. I mm, oh wow, there's a lot. I have to share this with you guys. I I just I don't know how to approach this except to say, cats. This isn't the song. This isn't the Miley Ray Cyrus song, right? No, no, it's not. That has everyone's, like RuPaul in it. Everyone's favorite tubby tabby bounds off the page and onto the stage. Says the ad. Is that the guy who plays that one character on <laughs> on uh, Big Bane Theory? Oh my gosh, it does look like mm. him, doesn't it? It can't be him. It, there's no way. Oh, I hate this. Wow, uh, this makes me very upset. <laughs> Just every okay. So for the listener, the various players are are like humans, of course, but wearing basically footy pajamas that look like their characters, and they are also wearing hats or wigs that have their, you know. Their their animals ears on them, and I for whatever reason Garfield has glasses. Yep. I don't. I'm not getting it. And a backwards cap. Right, but mm-hmm. I mean, like that's you know, but literally they're all just wearing pajamas. It's oh boy, I I don't know what to do with this. This is very upsetting. Tickets are for this one are twenty six fifty. 26. Yeah, I saw that. It's uh, it's a bit much for like a version of Cats that is made with like twenty dollars worth of props. Yep. It's I mean, painful. easily. I mean, could not be more than twenty dollars of props. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for coming on this journey with me, gents. If you want more oh, episodes, yeah. yes. I don't. I don't think I made it back. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm still out there. We'll come pick you up. <laughs> Thank you. Um, if you want more episodes, <laughs> wskbclasscast.blogspot.com. You can find us on your your app. You know the one that you found listening to this probably. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean. We're on Twitter. Yeah. I, I I tweet about us very occasionally with the dumb things that I do, like the comic strip I made. Yep. Good. That's great. That's good. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm still just... I'm still watching these videos about Garfield the Musical with Catitude. Oh, no. Did you ever watch that, I, that uh, documentary about the... Oh, it's on my list still. Dang it. You're right. Yes. You should. I think... I, I will. I really think that would be something you'd get into. Yep. Yeah, um, I definitely want to. Yeah. Bathrooms over it, Broadway. It, it will be way Broadway, better than yeah. any of this. Any any of the <laughs> way better than Garfield. I just can't. I just can't. Oh. Uh they have they interview Jim Davis in this particular one and he just looks so extremely bewildered about the whole process the entire time he's talking about it like I don't know how this happened. I kind of suggested it and someone went ran with it sort of. Like that's 
That's the feeling that I'm getting from his interview. I, it's very upsetting. I'm sorry. Uh, I need to. Uh. <laughs> what what monster have you created, Jim? Yep. All, All right. Gar Frankenstein. It's a monster. Yeah, Gar Frankenstein's that's monster. That's nothing. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is messing with my head. <laughs> yeah. We got to abort. <laughs> All right. Good night, uh, gents. Good night, guys. Good night. Bye. Oh, that one was rough. My route was terrible. I'm sorry. Tim, why didn't you go back? I didn't think there was anything to go back to. Not to sheep? You couldn't just go to farms? Yeah, like like it was going to do something on farms. That's a fair point. (laughs) Like the only other real route was lasagna and you were already on there. I did you a favor by choosing sheep. Yeah, you ended up being... It's funny because Steven suggested initially, right after uh, Sheep, that uh, also on Onions was the word, was linked hybrids. And then you started talking about hybrids. I was like, so help me. You clicked the same (laughs) thing again. Okay, yeah. So here's the thing. Like, I am enjoying secondhand what everyone is saying about Blazeball. I don't know that I need to get involved myself. I don't don't know that I can. I don't know that I have the emotional emotional bandwidth for it right now. It's a lot. Uh, The cool thing about it is you don't have to like really be that invested in it. It's just something that you can just kind of be like, I'll just check in and see what's happening. Maybe place a few bets. (laughs) And there's no like goals really like, at the end, you can convert your money into votes for things, and that's fine. But other than that, you're just kind of just seeing what happens. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they actually have a blaze ball jam right now on it on itch. Like, oh my people are making a ton of games. Have the tacos been always <laughs> from Unlimited? No, that happened. That happened as part of the. Uh, um, part of the interview decree. If you go and read the interview decree, oh, I have not. Um, it talks about the the uh, the ungrand slam or the grand was it the grand unslam? Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's oh, a whole geez. thing, Kyle. Where there was a grand, someone had a grand slam in like the twelfth inning or something. You know, it was yeah. like essentially overtime. Um, and then suddenly, like as the other team was trying to it back uh it, the the score like the grand slam like rolled back <laughs> yeah like the score went back and then the site crashed <laughs> and people started calling it like the great unslam <laughs> and there's all these conspiracy theories and i thought i thought for um one that was going around was that somebody hacked it basically sure. being like mm-hmm. we don't want to but yeah. um no, so the decree that went through, one of the decrees was interviews, and it says the microphone lifts, error, the grand unslam weakened the bridge, space-time tears over Los Angeles, the yeah. infinite sit, sit, and then in parens, 
IES, so like cities, but IES is in parentheses for some reason. Shine. Platonic form corrupted. You're looking too close. Mm-hmm. Um, Hang on and... one second. I will be right back, you guys. Okay. Sorry. No, that's fine. You guys continue. I'll be right back. Also, I was I was kind of nervous, Tim, about Eat the Rich because I had. Oh, no! Hmm. What? Hello? Oh, no. I got eight. Oh, you had. <laughs> Wait. I must have got my money. Oh, no. I must have been one of the. Oh, no. How is that possible? How much did you have? I had 15,000. Uh, yeah, that's probably. You were probably up there, dude. That's not a ton. I had. I've only like my highest I've ever had is like three thousand. I've never. um, Have you been eating peanuts? I ate like three peanuts. I've eaten fifty-one. Wow. Uh, I just ate another peanut. Crack it open. Only one peanut. So great. You consume one peanut. Crack it open. So great. (sighs) Man, and I haven't. Oh my god, I gotta beg now. Tim, I've never begged, and I know it's a it's a thing that they are like someone confirmed that it's a thing that they are tracking how many times you beg. I don't think I it's gonna to kill not... you if you beg once. No, I know, but I didn't wanna I didn't wanna ever beg and see if that mattered. Uh but now I now I gotta if I wanna participate. No, I don't actually. I just need to wait for the tigers to win. Oh yeah. And then I then I have money. There you go. Yeah, so the passive wins. You, you're fine. Oh, man. I wonder how many people are going to be like, hey, there's a bug and all my money's gone. Are you back, Kyle? Maybe 1%. <laughs> probably 1%. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I like how they make it so you just can't hammer the click button on these peanuts. Yes, you can buy a squirrel to help you devour more. I did buy a squirrel, but it, it's not helping me. Oh, I didn't. I didn't buy one yet. I'm gonna buy another one. Come here, squirrel. Maxed out. We we all miss violence mm-hmm. a lot. Paul Turnip's pretty good though. Yeah, I, I feel bad that you guys lost lost Landry because that was such a great character. Yeah, it was. I I wonder so. Um, I'm back. You know, Sorry. Yo. Hey, welcome back. So I so, thought that we were immune, possibly because we're from Hades. So it's like you can't incinerate someone from Hades, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah. Other teams <laughs> haven't had somebody incinerated either. Mm-hmm. But Kyle, we got our maybe I, I think our most popular player. You okay. know, besides Telephone, she wasn't originally a Tiger. Um, okay. She they stole her from my team, but we stole her yes. from another team. We didn't wow. mean to. Right. <laughs> it's it's very weird because it's like there's the Discord, but then there's a lot of people that are pl- not on the Discord, you know, mm-hmm. playing. And so they vote for things and it's like we didn't mean to do this and it's all raffles for like the oh, blessings. Okay. So it's like you just get a, you know, you put a you, yeah. you put a ticket in essentially. Right. And so it's like well, we didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Um we also didn't want uh we didn't want the we wanted to improve our pitching, but we didn't want to get the blessing that makes your pitcher like super good because then we figured they would be taken from us. Um, oh, yeah. So we were trying to get this one that just ups it by 10%, like all your pitchers. And we just we poured money into that. I think we were like 30 some percent for that one. And <laughs> we didn't get that one. We got like the 2% one that like exiles a player. And it's like, <laughs> oh, man. 
Um, no, but I was. Uh, you, I don't think you were here for this when you were explaining it, but there's there was a one of the other decrees that went is eat the rich. The coins of the one percent have been dis- distributed. Each ninety nine percenter received one hundred ninety three cro- coins. So the people have spoken. So shall it continue? Yeah. Uh, oh, that means that they're just going to keep doing this every week. Okay. Um, I and I was like. I'm so glad, Tim, that I... And then, like, as soon as I said that, I realized my coins were at zero. Mm-hmm. I was apparently at one of the percent. But earlier, after these things went, I had checked my money, and I was like, phew, it's still there. But apparently not. <laughs> apparently I had <laughs> one, 1% of the top top coins uh, that I was just holding on to, so I'd never need to bag. Um, Sky, so, you, uh, so you're saying that you had uh, really just unreconciled privilege that you weren't really you hadn't really looked hard at no i'm <laughs> saying you know it's just i had more responsibilities and yeah. <laughs> i needed to have more of a cushion than everyone else um yeah. i put my votes in but i didn't vote on everything <laughs> you know other people can do that I'm uh but yeah so now i gotta start over with zero oh, no. coins but i i refuse to beg because that's something that they're tracking and i'm very afraid um <laughs> so i'll just have to wait till till uh my tigers win because i have a thing where it's like whenever the tigers win i get some money so then i can use that to bet mm-hmm. and hopefully hopefully bet right amazing uh but yeah um it's gonna take a little hiatus which i'm sad about but also like thankful that they are doing probably the right thing <laughs> mm. um and taking some time off, you know? I mean, you need, um, you know, like you would after a season. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the... the uh, We lost Landry Violence, um, who was, like, just a favorite among the fan base overall. It's a good name, yeah. Uh, Landry Violence is uh, an entity... Um, it's not clear whether he lives in the clouds. He is the cloud, but there's like a dark red cloud that'll like, that looms over there. The, the, st- the stadium, the six circle stadium. Okay. In the 80s. Yeah. And, uh, every game, uh, Landry will choose a vessel and that vessel will be struck by lightning by a, like a red flash of lightning. <laughs> wow. And then they will don a, uh, leather jacket or not leather okay. jacket, a denim jacket with okay. like a tiger uh, yeah, yeah, embroidered yeah. on the back of it. Um, this tiger, this jacket comes to them by coincidence. Oh, it's yeah. like sometimes they're, you don't they know when have a package yeah. that, you know, arrives just as they get struck. Um, right. You know, uh, sometimes it's thrown at them from the stands and like, they're like, what is this? And then they get struck. Sometimes like dropped by it's, a bird. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It just happens. And then that person is, is laundry violence. And then um, afterwards, they still they carry violence with them. But mm. it's not, you know, violence leaves them after that gets a new one. Um, but they their lives are like forever changed, mostly sure. for the better. Yeah. Um, they're just more determined. And like, it's, it's, there's a lot of like, soft lore around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, t- one time we were playing the Breckenridge Jazz Hands. Uh a black bear in the Breckenridge Zoo was struck. <laughs> <laughs> so he just had a black bear playing, playing baseball for a, a, a game. But uh, during the championship game, um, 
I think it was the second game in the series. Uh, Land Landry was incinerated, unfortunately. Wow! By the Umps, uh, they've been incinerating people all throughout the seasons. Uh, the last two since we opened the Forbidden Book, but the the Hades Tigers have always been immune, and we're not sure why. I thought it was like oh, you can't burn someone from Hades. That makes sense. Uh, but I really think it actually is like I think so in the discords in the separate discords. There's always like an ump, <laughs> you know. There's always like basically a moderator. Yeah. He's like in there, you know, just I think to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think they watch. I think they watch, <laughs> and I think they they see what we're talking about because the other day people were like, "Oh, we haven't gotten incinerated," and and like people have been like, "Don't talk about it. Like, just don't." One, <laughs> some of them were like, one, it stresses me the hell out. I don't want to think about it, you oh know, because we haven't lost somebody. So it's going to be very hard when we do. And please, I just don't want to talk about it because we're going to jinx it. And people be like, what if it was Landry? What if, like, well, you can incinerate Landry violence. Like, they, they're not really like a regular person. And people are like, stop, please. No, <laughs> like, <laughs> it can't be Landry. Like, don't, no, violence is always with us. Don't do it. Like, stop talking. And, like, we're like, I'm just like, yeah, please. Like, I don't know. You know, the elf is right there. Like, and I really wonder if they've just been, like, looking at people talking about it and, like, yeah. that causes it. I don't really know. Probably. But I mean, some love sad. of it, sure. Yeah, it was very sad to have it happen. Sorry it for I, just, loss. I just wanted to read a little bit about the Pies starting pitcher, Betsy Trombone. Oh, my God. Do you you know the story of Betsy Trombone, Sky? I don't. Okay. Mm -mm. Betsy Trombone is a starting pitcher of the Philly Pies. They are a member of the storied Blaseball Trombone family, along with her sibling, the late Reese Trombone. Unlike Reese, however, Betsy was cloned from a Cretaceous period trombone preserved in amber, found in a Peruvian (laughs) mine by wealthy industrialist Reginald Trombone, the patriarch of the Trombone family. Placed into a gestating baseball egg and slathered in the transbiological matter of retired baseball baseball players, Trombone ultimately hatched as an inextricable amalgam of brass and flesh and was immediately called up by the Pies without playing in the underleagues. Well liked by their teammates, Betsy has a carefree and trusting nature. They have seven positions and two valves. They are a hugger. Oh my gosh. What? Just what? <laughs> it's so weird. And, and it's just all this stuff's just the fans just make this crap up. And it's so Oh yeah, hilarious. I mean, yes. Yeah, I, I 100% believe that. None of what you guys are talking about makes me think that. I mean, yes, this all feels like a very, very weird fever dream. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, I want to read you somebody. Okay. Uh, Is this just what we're doing for the episode tonight? Yeah, I think that's no. good. <laughs> Remy yes. Tiger Lesbian created the game. Um wow. it's Remy Guerrero. She's Remy Tiger Lesbian in, in our chat. Okay. Uh season three, game two, bottom of the fifth, two strikes. And this is the game in its entirety. I'm just gonna read it. Okay. In this moment in time, Blazeball is an exceptionally popular diversion for people across the world, and the Hades Tigers are a team you either love or love to hate. Mm. It is the third recorded season of Blazeball. It is the second game of the playoff finals where the Tigers are playing at the uh, at the New York Millennials. It is the bottom of the fifth with two strikes with the Millennials at bat. Landry Violence is in the infield, enjoying a comfortable <laughs> five-run lead over the Millennials. Paula Turnip has found herself as his vessel. 
a situation that has so far proven to be little more than an evening of memories and exhilaration for the succession of fans that have been host to him in every game prior. In less than a second, before the next pitch even leaves famous Owen's glove, a rogue empire will decide to incinerate Landry violence. It is a shock even to those who loathe the Tigers. While the incinerations had become a known phenomenon by this point in history, this was the first suffered by the Tigers, and violence was arguably their most known and beloved player. Landry's quick thinking allowed the incineration to only slay him, sparing Paula Turnip, his own fate, before anyone in the stands or in or on the field, knew what was happening, and she instantly took up his place on the team that same game. Many point to this event and Turnup's impressively aggressive play immediately after as the catalyst for the Tigers' championship win in Season 3, their motto of never look back, warring with the memory of the beloved batter. One player is laundry violence, dark spirit and star hitter for the Hades Tigers. The other is Paula Turnup, dryad businesswoman, Blazeball enthusiast and temp- temporary vessel. We know that it is just in just a few heartbeats, violence will be incinerated, saving Turnup's life and beginning her <laughs> Blazeball career. But for now, you are one. Paula, ask Landry up to three questions. Landry, answer them honestly, the way a true oh tiger gosh. would. Oh then tell gosh. her, then tell her, you're going to do great, kid. <laughs> That's the whole game. Wow. Sky. Um, so much lead up for that. <laughs> Uh, so, but it's very good. When when the Tigers had uh, Sophia Parson, do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, yes. Okay. Was she like a cat person? So Sophia is a cat person. Okay. Uh, a cat girl. Also, by the way, by the way, Kyle, her name is yeah. spelled N O L A N E S T O F T O P H I A Patterson. And it's pronounced Sophia Parson as the N-O-L-A-N-E. Three T's and the E are all silent. Hmm. I. I. I I'm. <laughs> yep. I don't even know. And she got traded to the pies uh, some for some reason. Yeah. Well, no, it's not for some reason, Tim. Uh, <laughs> I'd prefer not to talk about it. She got traded. She got sent to the. Oh. <laughs> Kyle, she got sent to the Pies because she was traded for Jessica Telephone, which was the Pies like star batter. Oh, no, yeah, yes. Um, And we were so, here's the thing. (laughs) So, this is the first time I got emotional about Blazeball. Was when when we we were playing the Pies after this had happened. And we had Jessica Telephone. Everyone loves Jessica Telephone. She's great, you know. Sure, sure. We, We didn't want to take her, but like. It, we didn't want to take because like we respected her and we like happy the pies had her, um, but you know we had her now and she's great. Yeah, we she were, is, we she love is so her. Good. Everyone loves Jessica Telephone. Um. She has a special she has a special gun bat called like the, the, dial, the dial tone, tone which yeah. is fa- which is fantastic. <laughs> um, and she goes up to bat and the whole chat's like ring ring and it's very good. Um, <laughs> I remember when we used to do that. Yeah, what is how you guys? I mean, no, but this- here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're doing actual sports is what you're doing. She gets up to bat. <laughs> Sophia gets up to bat against against us, against the, the Lions. Sure. Tigers. Yeah. We're the Lions. The Tigers, yes. <laughs> wrong 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 cat. She gets up to bat against the against the against the Tigers. And uh she like she um 
she strikes out. She like gets out. We're like, oh, that's sad. And then uh, Jessica gets up there, and like I think she does a homer or like a triple. <laughs> we're like, yeah, Jessica's just like not taking it easy on them. You know, like we were like, oh, Sophie still loves us. Like she's like doesn't want to like score against us because we're you know, yeah, we're a team. And like Jessica's just like no. We're like, <laughs> oh wow. And then the next time Jessica's up to bat, she gets like. She hits it right to Sophia, and she just, like catches it. Like so, we're like, "Oh God, wow!" <laughs> like the emotions that went through, like <laughs> the stink eye she must give her. And then that's when I realized this: she can look back now. As a tiger, <laughs> yep. she didn't have. No. no. And then Jessica, as a tiger, can't look back. Right. So Jessica doesn't know what she took from <laughs> Sophie. And again. It's called the the thing that brought uh, Jessica on was called seduction. So like we were basically like, you know, thematically like, hey, you should come and join our team. We'll yeah. give you whoever. We'll give X, you Sophie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as Sophie like left, she was able to like recall and like look back on things. <laughs> and it's just like this moment of like, and I'm sure she just like gave her this like look after she caught that ball. Like, I got you, you know. You and then. But, like, wow. Jessica's just, like, shrugs it off. That's Blaze Ball. She doesn't know. Oh and it gosh. blew my mind. It's amazing. I was so upset. <laughs> I was so upset that that night as I was putting Griffin, away, Griffin to bed, I was thinking up a slam poem. <laughs> a, a slam poem that Sophia wrote about that moment. What and is happening? We've talked about this for 20 minutes. It's not very good. I have it written down, and it never really came came together. But are you going to read it it's now? A, it's the cultural. No, I don't event, think I can. Kyle. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna force you to do it if you don't want to. That's that's Here, understandable. No, it's bad though. That's okay. It's okay. I'm not gonna make you do it if you don't want to. Who have I? What What else have I done on this? Like all I do on my pod on this podcast is like <laughs> just like embarrass myself. I mean, I feel like we do that pretty regularly. I'm preparing to tonight, as a matter of fact. Mm. We'll see how this goes. Um, no, we, this, is, this is really bad. I'm not going to share this. It's okay. Yeah, totally it's fine. fine. Totally fine. Um, um, oh, my gosh. I I appreciate that you guys are having emotions about this game. <laughs> but, I, I mean, really, honestly, listening to you explain it, is exactly as granular as listening to people talk about actual sports. <laughs> this is, well, that's inc- the thing. It's incredible. Yeah. I think it actually, like, it helps that it's condensed for me. Like, sure. it's just the thing that I could just be like, you know, it, it's a whole season in a week. I don't, yeah. I don't, the, you don't have the narrative is it, there. Yeah. Like, right. I don't have to, like, every week be like, oh, what did, what did the real, you know, <laughs> yes. Detroit Tigers do? Um, but not also there's for me. also there's a lot of fantastic elements to it too. Yes, and then here's the second time I got emotional about baseball. Oh, no. <laughs> this, <laughs> this rest in violence with just like a little burning tree where oh, with gosh. a jacket. It's good. It's good. I I appreciate it. Don't understand it, but I appreciate it. Fair enough. <laughs> Should we start recording? I mean, yeah, we are recording. We are recording, right? Yeah. Oh, well, should we start doing the thing what we should do? Oh, yeah. yeah I think do. so. Yes, I, I think so. 
Cool.